Yes! Over the line! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I want winners. I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. And here are your hosts, RJ Young and Brandon Drum. Oh my God, it's been too long, but I'm here. I'm RJ Young. Brandon's there. We're going to talk about your football. Brandon, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. It's uh, been a whirlwind of the past couple weeks. Uh, spring is crazy. as uh, It's busier than the football season in terms of just how recruiting and everything goes, especially with OU, <laughs> because they like to load down on spring recruiting, and it, it makes for uh, – it is not for the weak-minded, I can tell you that. There's no such thing as sleep. That boy. Well, I know that the both of us have been working pretty hard, but i I got to give it up to you, man. You have gone to almost every opening regional. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so um, so, so let's, let's run through the road trip right quick. Um, Houston, Dallas, St. Louis, L.A., mm-hmm. Miami? We we didn't hit it. We didn't hit LA. We're going up to Oakland. Okay. Um, and I think I think we're gonna make a trip down to the Atlanta um seven on seven nationals. Right. Um and Tennessee. And uh, that's about I get, no, that'd be the last. I'll, that'd be the last one I think. Before, yeah, that, that's uh, the last right. ones. But uh, there, there, we're also doing spring eval road trips in the middle of all that bullcrap. So my wife's gonna hate me in the middle of all that. So it's gonna be fun. Uh, but the, but our but our uh, members are gonna love it. So I mean, kudos to them. At least they want to come. Uh, you know. Talk my wife down from the ledge of killing me. They can. Nah, you know what? Uh, anytime that Amy Amy needs somebody to yell at, you send her my way. I got you back. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing the Lord's work. You're also being an outstanding dad, raising a quarterback, kind of like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I kind of want to make this this segment uh, answers and questions. I'm gonna okay. throw some questions at you, or I'm gonna give a statement to you, and you're gonna tell me whether or not you have more answers or questions based on what you saw and what you hear, and we'll work right. through it. So, quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Tanner Mordecai, Tanner Schaefer, do you have more answers or questions? <laughs> I think we have the answer. I don't – I don't. I, is it is – it, it wasn't even a question to start out, and then you get out there and you watch the spring game, and you're like, okay, what, what, is, what the hell is everybody talking about? Like – all these sources that I talk to, they're all like, oh, man, Tanner Mordecai looks great. Yeah, he looks great until there's 50,000 people in the stands. And and you could tell his youth. And I'm not hating on the guy because I'm sure he's going to be – I actually think he's going to be a really good quarterback. But I think when you get up there and the pressure's on because everybody wants to see how good you are. Now, he looked good in mop-up duty last year because nobody cared what he looked like. Like nobody was like, oh, we need Tanner Mordecai to go out there and throw for 300 yards. To make sure we have – no, we have Kyler Murray. Nobody cares. You know, that's what the fans were thinking. Um, Jalen Hurts, you can tell, has been in so many big games that 50,000 fans in a quarterback competi- – quote, air quote, competition. Um, it, it didn't seem like there was 
they don't seem like they they were on the same playing field. I guess is what I'm trying to say because yes, Jalen Hurts was playing against some you know questionable guys in the secondary, and that's to say the least. But because obviously Tuesday, you know, the Larry and Turner yell and uh, Patrick Fields decided they were going to run into each other and get injured, but they didn't, they weren't injured to the fact that they couldn't play. It was like, they just held them out. Same with Trey Norwood. Matter of fact, Lincoln Riley said all of the guys outside of Jordan Kelly and Caleb Kelly could have played. If it was a real game, they would have played actually. And they would have been healthy, but they didn't want to risk it obviously for a spring game. It, especially with guys that have played before and they know what they have in them. But, uh, it, it just baffled me that we're getting this. Oh, it's a, and then when Lincoln Riley walks in and we're like, okay, so who are you going to name Jalen? The story's like, eh, no, not yet. We'll know when we know. And everybody's kind of looking around going, did you just watch what we just watched? I mean, the guy just lit up the defense. And with Fre- now, Tanner Mordecai had better receivers. I mean, if you want to get, like, I guess not better, the more seasoned receivers i guess and he did have cd lamb jalen hurts was throwing to freshmen i mean does it, does everybody forget that i mean granted they're not your normal freshmen they're superstar freshmen but okay. i mean does right. anybody forget that all right i'm gonna agree with you and say we got more answers and i and i think that lincoln's doing a sell job you get to pull that trick once and you pulled it last year you don't get to pull it again jalen hurts is a starting quarterback whether or not he wants to say it out loud or not that's just that's just the way that it is. No static to Tanner Mordecai, no static to Tanner Schaefer. You're just exactly. not no. the guy. And I'll Schaefer's that, good though. And Schaefer's I'll, good. Well, and I, I'll say that about Spencer Rattler too. You're just not the guy. Not this year. Yeah. 2019 is the year of love hurts. Okay. That's one. <laughs> Two is you're right. He did not have veteran receivers, but if you looked at our depth chart. Right, you look at, at the yeah, league. it's freshman. Okay, centric. if you look at if you look at the depth charts, not only that it's loaded with the depth chart uh, with with players, it's that I'm going to take Theo Weiss over Michael Jones. I'm right. going I'm I'm going down this list and I'm going okay, Charleston Rambo. No, I'm, I'm going to take Trajan. I'm going to take Trajan Bridges over Charleston Rambo today. Uh, and keep going down this list for the sake of argument. Ad Miller. Yeah, I'm going to take Jaden Hazelwood over Ad Miller. And I can yeah, this, he, this. he's even practiced. I don't think he has. Uh, well, and I'll, and I'll keep, but that's kind of the point, right? Is outside of CD Lamb at outside receiver, I'm going to take all three of the freshmen right now. Right. And that's also, you know, no static to, to Charleston Rambo, outstanding player. But there's a reason why you were able to bring in three five stars, and you're going to play all three, not because you want to keep them happy, but because they're that good. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of disagree on the Charleston Rambo thing just because I think he's going to be a superstar. I really do. I really believe – like everybody, I mean, forgets that this guy had a fantastic end of last year. And, I mean, I know he was running against Three Aaron. Three catches. Spring. Yeah, but they, they were huge, one, huge No, catches. no, one, it was, he only had one in that game though, Rand. He had three catches all year. No, but they were, they were huge catches though. Every catch that he, he had. He also had a huge drop. That was at the beginning of the year. Kansas State is not at the beginning of the year. Was okay. it? Can- I thought he dropped it against West Virginia. Not West Virginia. No, that was a year before. No, Baskin dropped a dime on him, and we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Uh, sun was in his eyes. Okay, your 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 name is your job description is receiver. Your yeah, job that, description that, is make the catch. 
No, but I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm going a little hard at him, and that's not what yeah, I mean. But I, I'm just saying from people I talk to, they expect this guy to just be a superstar this year. Like, they literally believe in that wholeheartedly. And these people, are, I mean, obviously, they – they know what they're talking about. So um, you would you would say that C.D. Lamb and Charleston Rambo are going to be your starters at outside receiver? Yeah, okay. I do. No, okay, I'll buy that. But I'll also I'll also say that. But I, I think there's going to be a rotation on this. Well, and not just that, but how yeah. often do we see the same guys be the guys that are dependent on in crunch time start the season in November? Like when mm, November comes you're around, right. yeah, I think you could see a Hazelwood or Weiss right, out right. there. Yeah, Theo yeah, to me has tremendous upside and I, and in that I, I would say I put it this way and I'm going to I'm going to hang myself out on this one. I think Theo Weiss could leave Oklahoma as the best wide receiver to ever play there. And that's on top of CD, that's on top Ooh. of Hollywood, that's on top of Sterling, Westbrook. Uh, yeah man, I I mean, you've seen what Ooh. I've seen. Stills, you've Royals. seen you've seen have Ooh. you not, you've seen what I've seen, right? <laughs> I have seen what you I mean, that's that's a that that's a hill to die on, right there, man. Well, uh, right, right, and, and because we haven't seen, yeah, we haven't seen it. You know, we haven't seen him do anything. Okay, so against checking, you know, checking the way that he plays and the way in his game coming out of high school. I like Hazelwood though too. He looked really good. And I mean, it's, it's not that I don't like Hazelwood, and it's not that I don't like Trajan for that matter, and it's not it's sure as heck that I don't like CD. See, I'm I'm on the Trajan bandwagon. I think he's going to be because he plays both inside and out. So I think he's going to get more more touches. Right, and I think that makes him more of a Sterling Shepard kind of player. Yeah, right. He's, he's the closest thing they have to Sterling since Sterling. Absolutely, one. There's not even question with that. But Theo is the only guy that I see with the route running, the ability to get himself free off the line, the jump ball, just talent, and the fact that I don't see that dude drop passes. All right, and yeah. he's so I mean, long, and he—it's one of those things where if I match him up against CD. As a true freshman, who do you think is the better wide receiver? CD. Really? Okay. Yes. I think we're going to get to see. I think we're going to get to see. I really do. And I say that because, I mean, okay, so let me let me throw this out there. CD was more, I'm trying to think how to word this. His feet were a lot better. Like the way he his his I guess I'm not saying feet his understanding of space and how to get open. No, no. Granted, we haven't seen that out of Theo, so obviously I'm I'm being presumptuous in what I'm saying. But we knew that out of CD out of high school because of the system he came into came out of. Whereas with Allen, it was very structured in the system. It's it's a well-oiled machine. Foster not so much. You know it's when you're talented and you're making the plays that CD was making in high school, you knew there was something special about this guy. And you talk about a guy that got robbed out of five-star, a guy that got robbed out of playing in all American games. It, it, it's, it was a Travis. I mean, I mean, it's not so much a Travis. That's a bad word. It, it was awful. And it was, how that, it was, it that was tremendous out. oversight. It was oh my God. Oversight. It was awful it was because I tried pushing so hard. I went to everybody. I did. It was like, Dude, what are you all doing? They're like, well, we, we offered all these other guys early. I'm like, but you didn't offer this guy that had what? He led the state in receiving as a junior and senior, and you didn't? What? In the state of Texas, what are you smoking? Like, are you seriously carried Foster in the state semifinals? I carried him. And I, I, I just, I don't get it. I never understood it. I still won't understand it. 
and he's proven everybody wrong to this day that he is he's arguably the best receiver in college football. And he's he's definitely the most physical receiver in college football. I mean, I don't think that's a question. I, I um, well, okay, so it's interesting that you bring that up because you know, questions and answers about the freshman wide receiver, I think we covered that. But yeah. I did have this point. The best wide receivers in college football today, based on their production last year and who's coming back, mm-hmm. Jerry Judy by default because he owns oh, the yeah. board, whether or not mm-hmm. he won, you know, Tylen Wallace to me is the best yep. in college football today. You think, you think he's better than CD? Ah, man, okay. It's like a coin flip. I'm no, with no, you on that. Okay, no, I am. I got you. As a college receiver, as a guy coming out of college, it's Tylen. But as a guy who projects to the NFL, it's oh CD, yeah, it's CD. You know, so yeah, like that, CD I mean, it's like. like OBJ, man. Right, yeah. right. It's it's yeah. one of those. So it's like asking, who do you think is the better receiver, Jarvis Landry or OBJ? Well, it depends on yeah. what you're talking about. You're talking about coming out of college, you talk about a pro. And that's yeah. how I get into the whole Theo Weiss argument of I think he's just going to be an outstanding pro, even if he's not what everybody thinks he should be in college. I just think his mindset and his frame and his abilities will develop him into the kind of guy that is, again, drafted in the first round. I mean, but we are talking about a guy when you say – not not who we think he is, like a guy that, as a freshman, had he not gotten, you know, kicked out of the game for targeting, would have obliterated the single game receiving record as, like, the third game in his career. He had, like, 140 yards in the first half, like, the third game of his career well, and you, and at you OU. Make, you make a really good point because one of the one of the things that I go back and forth about is, CD does not have a 200-yard receiving game as much as that. Yeah. That's not a. That's not the black mark that it, it sounds like. But yeah. that's a good point. He would have gone over 200 yards receiving. In oh my game. god! Yeah, and he, yet, twice, Ty- and the other time he got hurt with his shoulder. Right, and yep. then we talk about Tylen Wallace, or Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruggs, or you know, go down the list, and you're talking about guys that even against an OU defense that was dead last in pass defense, he had 10 catches for 220 oh, yards, and if Corn dog doesn't short arm the throw; they win bedlam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'll probably die on the hill thinking that I think Trey Brown makes a play on that because he was close. He was already weird. I and, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm just no, saying. No, and, and it doesn't matter because they won the game. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying no, that, that it wasn't Tylen Wallace. Like, can you right? go back to me watching? Like, well, he could have made the play on it, but I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's, it's could have made the play too. So, yeah. well, and that's right. So, I mean, uh, it was a fifty-fifty ball. Yeah, sure. Okay, questions and answers. Is do you have more questions or answers about the OU defense? Uh, I knew that was coming next. I think you have okay for me. Can I plead the fifth just because? No, you cannot plead the fifth. <laughs> well, this is what okay. Hear me out. Hear me out on this because look, that red defense was really good. Like I can't. I, there's nothing I can say except for the the first drive when Ryan Jones tried to intercept the, the ball that was thrown behind Lee Morris and he plucked it out of the air and Ryan Jones was just left in no man's land so he just kind of lunged at him to try to do whatever he could because he was already out of position trying to intercept the ball um they looked so good like that red defense looks so good and here's here's one thing I was watching how many people ran to the ball to tackle and I don't think I can – I probably could count on one hand how many single tackles there were that night. And that, that, is, that is a stark difference compared to the one-on-one tackles Oklahoma was making last year and the year before. 
And when you do that, you're going to be a better defense because there's more effort, obviously. So I, I, I'm going to go out and say, yes, I think that defense has shown improvement, obviously. And they were getting their hands on balls. That Would they have gotten their hands on the balls last year? No. That's an easy answer, right? For me, I mean, so I mean, even in, I'm going to have an update on this on the site, but I talked to somebody that had was around there this weekend and, and kind of talked to some players, and they were like, man, look, we're – we feel so much more comfortable in Grinch's defense than we ever did in Mike's because we know that they're putting us in position and we're going to be in position because we understand what we're doing. And now it's just up to us to make plays. Like that's verbatim what I was told. And that tells us everything that shows us the shoulder shrugs to the sidelines last year or the past decade, basically. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of, there's a lot of answers for me, but there's still questions just because they mixed the defense up, you know, and there were so many injuries. No, I want to know, and I know they talk up Brian Mead and yada, 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 and Coach Odom did it again last night. He's this, he's that, he's this, whatever. Uh, I, I, I just don't buy it because every time I watch that kid, he's getting burnt. Like, I don't know if it's just the plays I pick, but I have yet to see him really make a play downhill. And everybody says, well, he's always in position, and he always does everything right. Yeah, that's great, but he's not the athlete that the other guys are. And that, that I'm sorry, but that makes a big difference when you're playing Texas and you're playing West Virginia and you're playing uh, UCLA and whoever else they're going to play this year, and Houston especially. Houston's going to – they're going to be tough out. So, I mean, it, and that, to me, I mean – I don't know. I, 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 that's why I say I plead the fit. There's, there's, there's so many questions for me, but I did get, get some answers too. Well, I think you got more answers than questions because you know what the scheme is going to be like. I agree, like. but there's still so many it's questions. A, it's a glorified 4-2-5 that we're calling a 3-4. 3-4, yeah. I kind of want to start calling it a 4-2-5. You won't do it because Grinch won't have it. I don't care about what Grinch wants me to do or not doesn't want me to do. I'm watching his scheme. He's so intense. I don't know that I ever want to ask him a hard question. You know, I uh, I, I don't want to really. Ugh. Okay, so it's a 4-2-5 because it's a one-gap scheme with two linebackers in the middle who have the same responsibilities as the two linebackers in the middle in Gary Patterson's defense. He plays with five DBs on the field. He never plays with four real linebackers on the field there's never two outside linebackers on the field there's only one rush in on the field and that guy's responsibilities are the same as a glorified weak side defensive end he plays a one technique and a three technique and not a nose his strong side defensive end has run responsibilities and his nickel needs to be a hybrid strong safety now the issue that he has is that Buki's one of his better nickels behind Pat Field, perhaps, right? And then you throw Trey Norwood in there, and we don't know what Jaden Davis might add to this mix. And you need your cornerbacks to be longer so they can take away leverage from longer wide receivers so you can run a 4-2-5 scheme. I just, I understand not wanting to call it that, but that's what it is. And I got answers from that, right? I also got answers in Neville Gallimore is going to sink or, or swim this defense. If he's really good, they're going to be really good. If he's okay to average, they're going to be okay to average. If he gets yep. injured, his defense is clustered. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think I, I actually asked uh, Grinch that last time. I said, hey, man, you keep talking about numbers on the defensive line. Do you feel like this you're going to have answers? Because you, I, I, your actual piece that you wrote on OU Insider, VIP board, I, I actually is what made me think of this. I was like, man, look, are you going to have answers to all this? And he kind of answered it like, we have a lot of guys coming in. And we have some guys with some versatility. Um, obviously, you're talking about defensive he, tackle depth. Yeah, just to clarify, um, and I wrote a piece about the defensive yeah. tackle depth and a 2019 signee who is more than likely going to move inside and ready to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. He's um, and they 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 feel like you know they didn't particularly say his name, Marcus says his name, but they they said look, he, they feel like they have guys coming in that will have a chance to win some playing time. Uh, they feel like Q Overton's playing really well. They feel like LeBron Stokes is going to be really, really good. Now he looked the part. Um, yeah, he, he definitely looked the part. Yeah, so, I mean, they feel like they have the pieces on the inside and, and guys that they can slide in and slide out. They, I think they're going to have, you know, like, like they did at uh, Ohio State where they had that, you know that third and long. Uh, what, what was it they called that? That, that uh, defense the line, a pass defense line. I can't remember what it was. But uh, you talking about third and long pass defensive line? What are you talking about? Yeah, they, they they had like they just brought all their pass rushers in. They called it something weird. Oh, um, I I was too focused on watching a friggin' three man rush again and going. Oh. I was talking about Ohio State at Ohio State. Oh yeah, I forgot what they called that altogether. Yeah, yeah, but. Anyways, I've blocked Mike Stoops' defenses out of my mind. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about literally Shiano. Oh, yeah, uh, bullet. That's bullet. What that yeah, was. yeah. So I think they're going to do that. I yeah. do. I, I believe that because I think they feel like they have enough guys that can play inside and out that they can, you know, move them around, especially on third down, third and long. That they feel like if they get those guys in there, they can cause a lot of problems. And I, they didn't show that obviously because they don't want to, but. You're going to see that this year. I think you're going to see a lineup of LeBron Stokes, Jalen Redmond, uh, Ronnie Perkins, uh, Neville Gallimore, and whoever else, another pass rusher uh, type. Mark Jackson probably off the edge. I think that's what you're going to see. Um, that and It's going to be a problem because those are four guys that can get to the quarterback. Uh, and then if you blitz off that, you know, there's going to be issues because I don't know that the Big 12 is ready for something like this because I think Texas has shown if you can get good athletes on the field on defense, you can cause a lot of problems, and they've done that, you know, uh, here in the past couple of years. And I think Oklahoma's going to get to that point to where it. And when I say get good, oh, he's had good athletes. I'm talking about using them aggressively, which Mike did not do. I also think that you got a point there, um, and I think that that's on. I mean, that's as accurate as it's going to get. And we won't know a lot about what that looks like until they face a good pass def- uh, pass offense, like perhaps Houston. I think it'll be Houston. But also, Texas has proved that you can play outstanding defense in this league with a, with a 3-3-5 look, which, yeah. is, which is kind of interesting because they can run a dime package out there and be good because their safeties are exactly the kind of players Alex Grinch wants to recruit. And that's something I've been trying to get across to more and more people. Look yeah. here, man. They want guys that can do both. Yep. Right. And I guess, okay, my, my bit on this, I think, is is a bit 
let me walk this out. We've both been up in arms about who they're recruiting and why they're recruiting, particularly on the defensive backfield. Because mm. I'm going, you just got a commitment from an outstanding cornerback, defensive back, called Dante Manning. Six foot one, 175, going to get larger. He is the only defensive mm. commitment in the 2020 class. But before Grinch got here, you had two. Both of yeah. those kids were six feet tall. And for a corner, that's pretty good. That's pretty tall. The idea that you can land a bunch of Ryan Watts types, six foot three types, is fallacy because those guys end up being Theo Weiss and Jane Hazelwood and playing wide receiver. Watts is different in that not only does he want to be a corner, it's who he is in his DNA, and he's six foot three, so he's going to be as widely coveted as an Elias Ricks as a and then as a six you're foot right. corner. You're but, right, but, but they're they're getting a chance. They're going to get a chance to land some of these guys. That's the crazy but, part. Well, but. But if you're going yeah, to look at a prototype, yeah. right? If you're yeah. looking at a prototype, look at Texas. As much as I hate to say that, look at what Texas has on the back end. Chris Boyd, big, long cornerback. P.J. Locke, Caden Stern. Those guys made that defense go and let Gary Johnson and those three defensive linemen get after the quarterback because they were able to be physical and run with folks. So as much as it sucks... Oklahoma's going to start recruiting like Texas does at DB and running a similar scheme. It's just you're going to have four guys on the line of scrimmage instead of three, which is the way that I would do it. And we know this works because Gary Patterson's doing it with guys that are already the size of Oklahoma's defense today. And that's the other yeah. part about it that's really, really frustrating is I would look at the defense like you would look at the defense last year, and I would say Gary Patterson has athletes that are the same size as OU's, and OU's athletes are better than the ones at TCU, and yet – until last year, TCU's defense was pretty good, right? You get a Jason Barrett yeah. to come through there, and all of a sudden you be world beater. Do you think that that's inaccurate? No, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. And the, you, you want to know the ironic thing about the whole deal? You yeah. know who else is doing the exact same thing? Are you going to say it or are you going to? I said Brent Venables. I whispered Brent Venables. I didn't want to Brent Venables. Okay, Brent Venables can recruit whatever he wants, but yeah, you're right. Mackenzie Alexander is the guy that comes to my mind because he's, they're, they're, their DBs are so big. They're enormous, but same thing with Bama, right? Yeah. Uh, the same thing with Alabama because that's what, what LSU. Right. But I was just making a joke because it's ironic that everybody's up because Venables is Venables did that previously. Like he had big corners, like they weren't like big, but they were six foot six one guys, and that's what he was playing with before he got fired at OU. They were like, well, we can't do that. We need these fast guys out there. So they did that. That didn't work. Now we're back to these long, lanky, physical guys again. And that's what everybody wants. Like, OU fans cannot make their mind up on what they They just want something that works. Like, no, no, no. OU fans make their mind up very well. It's just give me a top 10 defense. That's what Yeah, that's what I mean. Is. They want something that works. But yeah. I, mean, I get it. But. No, I mean, and you and we're making these points. But also, I got to point out, the Jim Thorpe Award winner last year was five foot ten. Okay, so your size sure. argument goes out the window if the dude can flat out play. You know what? I talked to I I talked to somebody that about that, and I was told, "Oh, you will recruit guys that size if they are an elite guy." And well, I mean, but that's just, that's my point though. DeAndre Baker was not considered elite coming out of high school. True. He came to to Georgia. He got coached up, and he's the kind of guy that hasn't given up a touchdown pass <laughs> since 2016. So a lot of that is coaching, right? If, if not all of no, it. Yeah. So yep. so Roy Manning, Alex Grinch, go earn your paycheck is the way that I look at it because if DeAndre Baker can be the best DB in college football, 
there's no reason that Parnell Motley, that Trey Brown, that Buki, that Woody Washington, that anybody that with any sort of ability on OU's roster today can't be the same. Yep. And, well, you know, the funny thing is the difference in what we're hearing from the staff, even last night when we went to post-practice, was they would say they're not where we need them to be, obviously. You know, and Coach Odom said, look, we're, like, in year three as far as what we're putting in and stuff like that already because these guys are wanting to be good and they're picking things up and there's progress there and we're happy with where they're at, but it's not, we can't, it's not, it's not acceptable still. And that's not what we want. And he said, that's our job. Right. That's our job as coaches right. to make sure they are where they're at. And, and Manning said the exact same thing because we're further along than we thought we would be. But it's our job to make sure we're even further along. And, and that, that's my job as a coach. That is absolutely the the attitude that you, I want from a defensive coordinator. Because he's saying, <laughs> I, I wrote about this too. He doesn't say they were bad in 2018. He says we were awful. You know, yeah. he takes ownership for things that he was not here for. You know, and he and he takes that 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 hurt and that loss to his heart, and he makes it his own, and he channels it through his kids, going, "We're not going to be this bad next year, all right? Yeah. We're going to be better because this is this is ridiculous that Oklahoma ranks in the de dead last in pass defense. There's no reason for OU to rank dead last in anything yeah. ever, you know. And I, I love that. So let's see that attitude work out. Let's see what that looks like come preseason camp. Let's see what that looks like going into the 2019 season. Now, I, but I, I want to add one more thing. Just the, the the Riley, you know, the funny thing about this deal is Riley's coming out and saying, oh, the defense looks good, you know, they're so much better, blah, blah, blah. You can tell there's more continuity. Then Grinch comes out there, 129. Man, bro, right. We have these, I mean, like, he just right. refuses to just, he refuses to say, hey, man, we look actually pretty good out there. I mean, we got some pretty good athletes, but he, he refuses to, acknowledge the fact and some people are reading that in for like and, and i've seen it on twitter like rich thinks that these guys suck and i was like no, no he doesn't no, no. he publicly he pub behind the scenes he's patting them on the back right. publicly he's saying they need work because he wants to keep them grounded because he knows they're going to read the press clippings which is exactly the way to do those, it yep and he wants to make sure those press clippings keep them humble you know grounded and humble and that's exactly he's doing exactly the right way that you're supposed to do it as a coach and not building these guys up too much. Right. Um, questions or answers about the 2020 recruiting class? More questions okay. than answers. What do you got? I have more answers. Oh, um, that a boy. I know that people. That a boy. Yeah, well, I mean, I have the advantage of talking to these kids off the record, so that's kind of cheating. But yeah. I, um, I don't call it cheating, I do that all the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you, so you it, chat it, with who you chat with, like that's just part of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I got more answers. Um, Oklahoma is going to have a really, really, really good 2020 class, and I think Oklahoma fans are going to like it. Yeah, that, that's how it feels. That's how it feels. Uh, my question, though, still revolves around defensive tackle recruiting. Yeah, that's that the one. That's one I have. Uh, okay, I'll say I have questions but when people ask me like who they're recruiting I, I name like four off the top of my head really quick that I think they have um you know a decent shot with uh so I mean I answered that yesterday on the board and now that I say I answered it quick off the top of my head I just went blank on the guys so I'm, the I'm going yeah I'm actually going there right now check to tell you who I, they are I'll tell you what. 
you check the board right quick, and I'm going to fill in with, hey, man, I understand that defensive tackle situation as it is today is all but a cluster because when you looked at the depth and the depth that they trust, you really got two and a half guys there. I'm not going to say yeah. who the half is, but the two are Mark, uh, or excuse me, Neville Gallimore and Dylan Famatau, right? People really, but I look at Dylan Famatau, I saw a guy that picked up two defensive holding penalties last year, which is really difficult to do, but he managed to do it. And in Neville Gallimore, when he's when he's on, he's on. Oh my God, he's he's amazing. But Ranch even said he's going to be an All American. He said that guy could be an All American. But, he but he's got to be on for a full season, and he hasn't been. Yeah, it's true. Because if he gets hurt, and we, we got to kind of count on it now, because that's just been the way it goes, who's going to step up? And now you're asking guys like Marcus Hicks and perhaps Corey Robertson to be those dudes as to, as, right. for, as true freshmen. And yeah, they can blow up and they can do it, and they'll fit into the system and they'll put on the weight. But playing college football at that level, at that position, is still difficult, especially yeah. when you're a true freshman. Like I wrote a piece referencing that Quentin Williams did the same thing. Quentin Williams was a defensive end at Alabama. And then Deron Payne went into the draft, and the two defensive ends were coming back. And he went to Saban, and his defensive coordinator said, hey, coach, I want to get on the field. And if I can get on the field at defensive tackle, I'm moving to defensive tackle. And they said, cool. Go to defensive tackle. Right, and they got him in there with his nutritionist. They got him in the weight room, and he played at about 310. He went through the combine at about 303. But he was six foot three, 310. Marcus Hicks is six foot five, and he'll probably be up around 270, 275 by the time. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a ball. That kid's going to be on play. Yeah, he's going to be good. But I still contend Quentin Williams had two years in the system in Alabama before he became the guy that he is. Yeah. So to ask at Marcus Hicks to be that caliber of defenseman is a lot. Not that I mean, he can't do it, but it's going to take a couple of years. I think – I still think that Q Overton is going to be a good player in this just because it's going to fit him as far as what he does well. Right. And that I think eventually um, they're going to get to that point to where – I think they have three or four guys that can play. I think they're, they're probably too deep at the defense attack. Well, that's about it right now. Now, obviously, when the 2019, they're going to be three deep, but it's – it's stretching the three deep is, is where we're at here. But as far as the twenty twenty goes, um, Princely Imanelian is a guy that is going to be able to put on some weight. Um, he's about um, let's say about six three, six four, two forty right that now. That dude's taking a lot of trips to Texas though, man. And even as I talk about he's, it, he just he just visited OU like last week. I hear you. Yeah, and he's been up to OU. His dad wants him at OU. I'm wondering if we got a Cam Rising situation though. Yeah, there's potential there, but I don't know that I don't know that he's sold on um, Texas as much as it's. He's, he's but he hasn't. He lives next to Texas, so that's why he can go there. Right. Um, but Not he's been up to Oklahoma quite a bit, quite a, a lot actually, and he's going to be coming up again this summer. Um, there is uh, Alfred Collins, who's you know mom. Played at Texas, but he is a guy that I think has potential to be, you know, in the 260, 270 range, and that 280, and that's kind of what you're going to get with the defensive tackles in a, you know, format. For people need to understand that you're not going to get 290, you know, 295 is is the limit. Yeah, it's a little much sometimes. Yeah, two, 295 four, is the limit, and you got to be tall. Yeah, you know, Gallimore uh, gets away with it because he's an athlete. 295 is where they want you on, where, where they're, 
they're going to get you down to that, yeah. and they're going to ask you to stay under it. Yep. Alex Lemon is um, a guy, Juco, um, that has a chance to be really, really, he's super athletic. Long, has just never been, like he's been in the weight facility, he's up, transferred out. He likes Arizona State a little bit, but and he's committed to them, but I think Oklahoma has a chance to flip him. Yep. Um, and then one of my favorites in this class, because he's so raw, is Blaine Toll. And I don't know that he's, he's not a defense, obviously he's not a defensive tackle. But he's a guy that's going to be a Dan Cody type guy just because he's so long and athletic. This is the number one raw. recruit in the state of Arkansas, fellas. fellas. Yeah, that's, and that's, he loves and, OU. And his and crystal I, ball dream school. got flipped by like four of us. After yeah, I mean, even the Arkansas even the Arkansas people flipped. The second OU offered that guy. Oh, my so. God. No, it's great. It's funny. He loves OU so much. So he's, he, there's a, I'll, I'll just say, I mean, the guy's going to be part of the OU 2020 class. If things stand as they are today. So, I mean, that's just how it is. Question um, that I get a lot that I don't have an answer for. I'm going to throw it to you. Is Vernon Broughton going to get into the boat? Nope. He's going to Texas. Yeah. Okay. Now that we got that out there. Go ahead and look at his, go ahead and look at his Abby. No, I mean, I, I got it. But, like, I, I feel like until. I mean, I know you. I'm talking to the, the, our listeners. Go look at his Abby. What? No, I feel um, like until, like, I'll say it, right? And people are like, yeah, but what does Brandon say? So I'm saying, okay, Brandon, tell him. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, he's going to he's going to Texas. All right, um, go all ahead right. and forget that one. So, my next bit for questions and answers before we move on is: Do you think you have more questions or answers about what Oklahoma is going to do at the will linebacker position? Questions. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I know. Okay, well, if, okay. Are we talking about a starter? Because I know the starter is going to be Deshaun White. Well, yeah, that's what people want to talk about. Okay, so the starter is Deshaun White. Are we talking about backup? Because, yeah, I have questions about who the backup is going to be. Because I, I don't I, – it's like, is it going to be Ryan Jones? Is it going to be Brian Osamoa? Are they going to move Levi Draper back over there? Are they going to move Brian Osamoa back to the inside? There's so much movement there that I – it's like – they're, they're both. They're, all those guys are playing both positions because they want them to, um, and I don't know that they're like they think Kenneth Murray is going to be good at the middle linebacker, but even Coach Odom said yesterday that he has to get in the habit of being in the right place at the right time more often than he is, and that he 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 also threw in saying that he's playing very very well and having the best probably the best of his career according to what he's being told, but. Um, I think that's just another thing that they're not, they're perfectionists. Let's be honest. Like, this staff is a bunch of perfectionists, and that's something that has been missing um, as far as coaching goes. Um, so I, I think that that has a lot to do with the wording that they use when they're talking to the media. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like... There's more questions just because I want to know who's going to be the backup to Deshaun White. I want to know, are you going to stick with the walk-on Brian Mead because he's smart and he can be in the right place at the right time? And I don't wait, care. Wait a second. If somebody well, tells just, me that he's athletic, you just I've seen what a guy. linebacker is, though. You understand that, right? Be smart and be in the right place at the right time. Like, like that's literally – You still have to be a good athlete. And I don't think if – okay, here's my bit about Brian Mead. And we – first caveat, we both love us some Levi Draper. We love the kid's game. We've expected to I'm not even talking game. about him in particular. I'm well, talking about just anybody I'm going because that kid gets burnt 
every time he's in there. Like he could army had him push back ten yards when he came in. You you okay, you you are solidly in the no Brian Mead camp and I'm trying to give folks a reason to think okay. that Brian Mead can play. That's all. I don't think that he can't play. I just don't think that that's the way to go. How about that? <laughs> okay. My point here is... I am biased, and I'll admit it. I am biased. I mean, yeah. To, to Draper and all. And, and, and obviously, I'm biased Bro, to... Let, let me get to, the point out. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to defend myself here, and it's just... Oh my God. <laughs> all right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so the point that I'm trying to make is that Brian Mead came in before Caleb Kelly did when Curtis Bolton went out against Iowa State. So yes. you could see that somebody just saw a football player on both staffs. Both di two different defensive staffs said yep. Brian Mead can no, play some right. linebacker. And that, if nothing else, is a feather in the cap of Brian Mead. Because there's something to be said about a dude that is just flat out dependable. Now, I think there are better athletes at the position. And I think there are much more intuitive football players at the position. But if what you need is somebody to be steady and you know what you're going to get out of them, Brian Mead checks those boxes. So if nothing else, he's a great guy to have coming off the bench in case Deshaun White blows an ankle or Kenneth Murray Jr. gets his shoulder busted up or what What have you. I think that, that guy's going to have in, in, in a week and a half that, in that time span. And that, you okay? That, so, uh, the spring game. With, sorry, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to get the Brian Mead audio. For us to play real quick. Hold on, keep talking. I'm gonna get it for you. Keep going. <laughs> okay. He didn't have his best day, but oh, in that time span, they were the, the, I'm leaving this in the podcast. Jones, yes, to the inside. How did you look to the spring game? Yeah, I didn't mention him earlier, but the, the, in in a week and a half. No, I want you to hear this Brian Mead audio because it just it just drives me like I. They're, 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 I want I want everybody to hear just how sold the staff is on him, so that we're, we're so that y everybody can understand this real quick. There's things that we are happy about. I just got to find it first. <laughs> this is a, this is hashtag unprepared. He's extremely strong. Brian, Brian Me, um, they did bright future out of him, and, and okay. I'm excited about him. They did make strides. Okay, here it is. You ready? Here we go. This is Brian. This is this is Brian Odom on Brian linebackers coach Brian Odom on Brian Mead. Maybe more talented than he is, or he just kind of. I you know I wouldn't sleep on uh, Brian Mead's talent. Uh, guy, I mean he's a he's a he's a competitor. He's extremely strong. Uh, he moves surprisingly well. He knows the defense, and part of that with him playing fast is that how much he knows. A lot of his knowledge, his knowledge is going to be his power, but his athletic ability is um, it's it's not to be underestimated. And, and like I said, the guy the guy has had a, had a tremendous understanding. There you go. He is super athletic, apparently too. I think I have yet to see it in a game, but they said it, so there it is. Therefore, it is. Look, man, I got. I got a woman in my life who runs the Owasso family YMCA, so I watch a lot of Collinsville, a lot of Rejoice Christian football. Yeah. Okay? The dude can play. I mean, he, he, there's a reason he's a preferred walk-on, but there's also a reason why he was a preferred walk-on. You know? like Right. That, that's kind of my point. No, but the – I mean, and we got a good history at OU of, of preferred, preferred right. walk-ons, right? 
preferred walk-on means exactly that. We, we want you here. We just don't have a scholarship. And they'll say, cool. You know, and I think by the end of the year, that's a guy that we're going to be talking about who's going to get the walk-on scholarship again. Yeah, he will. You know, so yeah. that, that's your Lee Morris bet there. You know, if we're doing prop bets about which guy on this uh, on this roster who starts the walk-on ends up being surprised with the scholarship, I'm saying it on April 10th, it's Brian Mead. Because you've heard the audio that he played. You've also heard what we've said. And you've seen it for yourself. Like, you could talk about him being out of, being out of position. But I would say outside of perhaps Jamal Morris, he had the best game of anybody in the spring game. As much as we could hey, talk he looked, about He looked good. No, I can't. Yeah, he looked good. Um, that's what I was trying to watch him as much as I possibly could during the spring game because I wanted to see exactly <laughs> – I wanted to see if there was any difference in last year because when I watched him against Army and I watched him against Texas and I watched him against oh, – he played against somebody else too. I think it was UCLA, and he just got torched. And I'm thinking, okay, I want to see what the staff sees in this guy because I've seen the other guys go out there and make plays when they were in there. So I wanted to see him make a play, and he did. He made plays. So I, I, I am on the camp of, at this point, maybe there's some substance to all of this, but I want to see it consistent, I guess, is what, I'm, I'm, what I want when it gets down to it. I want to see how is he going to play in a big-time environment. Is he going to make plays, or is he going to look like a preferred walk-on? And I think that's fair. That I asked that question because I want to see more than a spring game. I want to see what he's going to do. It's fair, but I feel like you're you're coming after the uh, not you're coming after him because you're not. But I feel like no, because I'm like, giving him a chance. I want him to do well. I, mean, it, I want everybody to be well, play well. Just, but they know. were garbage last year, so I don't really think that anybody could be begging about <laughs> who's going to be doing what. That's my point here. Is That's true. If he looks better. That's true. Than, than Kenneth Murray do, Jr. did last year, and Kenneth Murray Jr. had 155 tackles, guess who's going to play? You know, like, that's my thing. Yeah. As much as people want to, like, because I feel that the way that you feel about... Like, when you say 155 tackles, I mean, dear God. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, like, but how many tackles for loss did he have? I'm sorry, what's the game? Is the game for him to go make plays? Because I feel like he was there to make plays. Otherwise, why are we yeah. putting him with tackles? Okay? Like exactly. Okay, go ahead. Finish what you're saying. No, nah, but that's that's just it, right? If if that dude is the guy that Brian Odom wants to run out there, run him out there. Because all we've heard about is how Brian Odom, Roy Manning, and Alex Grinch put together a top 20 defense at Washington State with inferior talent. And if they think that they can do that with Brian Mead at Will Linebacker or a Mike Linebacker or what have you. Yeah, I guess you got to trust them, right? Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, what are we doing here? And I feel like I'm the dude that's usually hardest on Grinch and his staff. But on this. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I take it. But I'm also, I also admit my bias. Like, I admit that I am biased because of relationship-wise with certain families. So, I mean, that that. I, I, think, to play I, I, there. I think I think we kind of. It's hard. That that is this, this one has been the hardest for me to step back on today. Any of them, and I will readily admit it. That's that's been the hardest one for me. All the other ones, I'm like, yeah, you know what, they're better. But I just can't. I, I just can't. I don't know. I can't. But I, and I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm like, you know what? They're right. They may be right. No, it's, I, but I, I want to see it. I want to see it in a actual game. I and I think that's fair do. on my part, too. I think we all do, but I guess my point there is if you don't feel good about it now, you're not going to feel good about it because I brought up Kenneth Murray Jr. to make the point that if you didn't feel good about 
Kenneth yeah, Murray Jr. Sure. doubling the amount of tackles he had it from freshman to sophomore year, you're never going to feel good about the dude, and that's okay. But you don't have to be the person yelling about how much he sucks because he does it. He's really good. He and Curtis Bolton were snubbed for the Butkus Award as they were leaders in the nation in tackles on a crash yeah. defense. And if the defense was even approaching the middle, they'd be on the finalist list. He's that sure. good. So stop saying that he's bad because you prefer somebody else to play. That's just, it's Oklahoma, man. Everybody who plays at Oklahoma on scholarship was the best that ever did it at their high school. And then they come here with a bunch of other dudes that were the best to ever do it at their high school. And guess what? It's difficult. So if a guy like Brian Mead succeeds, it's because guess what? Brian Mead was really good in high school. You know, like yeah. it's the same difference here. So I really want to go back and watch his huddle. <laughs> I think about it. Too. I mean, okay, but but even even watching his huddle, right? You're gonna go. He wasn't playing against anybody, which would be fair. Probably. That it would be fair, but. That kid doesn't get to control whether or not he's playing against anybody. That kid just right. gets to go out there and try to make plays. And he did. He made plays. And I think there's a difference between somebody just kind of being out there doing whatever. And I guess another kid that might fit this description in a couple of years is Reed Lindsay. People are going to talk about Reed Lindsay the same way if he develops into a player. They're going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with him because I was born in Clinton, Oklahoma, so there's bias there too. I, well, I mean, and you know, like I, I say this with with all the respect in my world, in 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 my lungs and in my heart. I mean, you're you're an oil field dude, you know what I mean? I, and to the heart with that. So there's certain guys yeah. that are just going to appeal to you, and there yeah. are other folks that weren't raised in that part of the state or weren't raised in Oklahoma who call themselves not call themselves. That sounds like a shot. It's not a shot. Who are OU fans who just don't get the kind of background that a guy like Reed Lindsey comes from, and he's just yeah. built differently. Now, he ain't built differently in the way that, say, a C.D. Lamb is, but there's a large majority of us who know how to work with our hands that see a kid come out of that out of those woods to make it all the way to Oklahoma as a preferred walk-on, and we root for him because that, yeah. that's talking to us. That's to us, to our heart. We're that guy. And I think if you like Brian Mead, you like Reed Lindsey. If you don't like Brian Mead, you're probably not going to write Reed Lindsay. You know, I think it's that simple. So that, that, that's one of the reasons I'm going at you about the whole uh, Brian yeah, no, Mead situation. That's fair. That's but, fair. but also, I, I recognize I recognize you, like me, being biased towards certain players because we we, we seriously known some of these kids since they were 14. Yeah. You know, and in some cases. And, and in some instances longer. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I get all of that, but I, I, I want to throw that out there because I think there's there's a time and a place to say that a kid sucks, and this ain't it. No, I mean, I don't think he sucks. I think he's good. I just think I, – I, I just felt like that – I guess what I my, – my deal is, is if you're going to base it off just being – you know, some people don't practice well and they, they play better, you know, when the lights are on. And I think in some instances that is for a better life. Uh, Kenneth Murray is one of those guys. Um, he is known for, you know, not being in the right places in practice, but doing the right things in games. Because when the lights are on, it just some people just do it. I mean, it's just in their DNA. And I feel like, uh, you know, I think, you know, Brian Osamoa is that way. I think, um, I think Levi is that way. And so I think it's unfair sometimes to pigeonhole people just because they're good practice players that they're automatically going to be good when they get up there on the field because that's not the case no that's fair that's fair i want to pivot to 
a few fiery Grinch quotes, and I feel like I need to make this a segment, and I'll put together the audio for it, because this dude is throwing hammers with his quotes, and I love it. I love it. So here's one, and I want to get your reaction to it. I don't see a fast defense yet. I don't see a brand of football that would put us anywhere close. Certainly not an elite defense, but I wouldn't even make a claim to the top half of the country. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Flamethrower out. Just burn it all down, Alex Trench. That dude. I mean, that's what I'm talking about when I say that he pats these guys on the back behind the scenes and then goes out there and says, yeah, they're not that good yet. Because he wants them to stay focused all the way to the season and then through the season. So they could go out there and have five interceptions and seven sacks, and that dude's going to come in there and say, should have had more. Right. That's just him. Here's another one that I absolutely love. If you make a solo tackle, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I'm good. You're lucky. That, that's Whoa. awesome. That. It absolutely makes no sense, actually. <laughs> no, no, but like that's that's the point of gang tackling and flying to the football, right? Yeah, no, he wants he wants that to be their mindset, not okay. Just because you're good, you can make solo tackles. That's what we're going to do as a defense. That's not our defense. Better everybody better get over there and make a play. Right. That's what he's trying to say. No, and he unpacked it. He said uh, that's an effort thing, and maybe too much yep. this spring. I saw individuals having to make tackles, <clears> and that's football that happens with spread offenses and tempo. They do a pretty good job. Yada yada yada. But his point is, I want to see more than I want to see half tackles on this on the stat sheet. I want to see a lot of yeah. half tackles. You know, I he wants see, to see strips. Is what he wants. He wants to see gang tackling because oh, another guy comes in there and trips good it. Good God, man! Uh, that's gonna be a fire. We're 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 all gonna lose our minds because what you're gonna have is a bunch okay, of kids yeah, going lawn. for the ball instead of tackling. They're gonna do yep. the lawnmower, and we're not gonna like it. Not gonna yeah. like it one bit. They're gonna do the lawnmower and get Hakeem Butlered. Everybody drag him. <laughs> I mean, that, come on, like that's what it is. I'm going okay. That would be different if you had like the Dante Mannings and the Ryan Watts out there as your defensive backs, but I, you don't. I feel like we say that we said that about Trey Brown. I feel like we said that about. I feel like we said that about Buki. I, I you know, Trey, though, I think Trey's physically. Trey, both those guys, I think, can are strong enough that they can probably long. And for somebody who wants people. taller, longer corners, that dude sure does love him some Trey Brown. And for good reason. Yeah, Trey's an outstanding player. But Trey Brown is exactly that kind of five foot ten cat that I'm talking about. If you coach him up, could be a Thorpe Award winner. Yep. You know, just coach him up and have him go out. Like if Trey Brown comes down with close to 70 tackles, 60 tackles somewhere in there, and seven picks, what do how are we how are we talking about Trey Brown at the end He's of the He's an all American. Right? And I think I mean Manning said it last night. He said I'm harder on him than I am anybody else because I expect more out of that guy than everybody else because if he gets burnt, there's no way that guy should get burnt because he's the fastest guy in our conference. Right, right. And I'm going to – one more Grinch quote. Long way to go, but that's the charge. The job as coaches is to make sure we take advantage of these next several months of summer ball, the eight hours per week. The bulk of that is in the weight room and we'll use every last second of it but there's a little bit of football time that we get with them. There's a yep. core group of guys who are very anxious to get right and get this thing turned defensively. We're going to make sure that group grows over the next couple months. Man, all right. Throw your hammers. Talk your stuff, Alex Grinch. I like it. Yep. Now put it together. <laughs> put it together, man. Um, He's saying, look, 
We're going to make sure we're the best team possible going into the fall camp. We're going to build on the spring game from what we did. We're going to make sure these guys know exactly their assignments and what they're supposed to be doing going into fall camp because we're not going to have any of these excuses of not knowing what to do, how to do it, and how to play fast during fall camp and heading into the season because there is no no more wasting of time because that is that's business time. That's not time to learn. That's time to get better. Basically, yeah, wrapped man. in a nutshell. Yeah, man. Well, do you have any more that you want to go over before we get out of here? Um, I do want to say that Cody Jackson is the next C.D. Lamb. And that guy, if you need to go watch his film, it doesn't take but three clips, and you go, holy crap. Let me set that up. Cody Jackson is the first 2021 commit to Oklahoma yes. as a wide receiver, but he plays a lot of quarterback at Foster Richmond. And if you've ever wondered what Vince Young would look like as a wide receiver, <laughs> go ahead and check out his film. Because that's yeah. what it looks like. And he played at the same school as C.D. Lamb, and he is best friends with C.D. Lamb. He's, he tries to emulate everything C. Lamb does, and he'll, he admits it. He says that's his big brother. He looks up to him. Uh, he goes to him for advice. He's the reason why. And that guy, Cody Jackson, has the Houston area, especially in the 2021 class, on fire for OU because he is the lead guy in that area. Oh. I don't know like as far as voicing opinions, as far as – getting other players to follow, there's a really good chance that you're going to see a very strong Houston vibe in the 2021 class. Uh, also, public service announcement that I kind of, eh, you know what, I'm going to hold that take. That's Brandon Drum. I'm RJ Young. This is the Young and Drum Podcast presented by OUinsider.com where, hey, if you buy a subscription, thank you so much. That's one of the reasons we're able to put this out there. We always running specials on the site. So $1 the first month. Right. You should take advantage of that. Brandon has, I kid you not, 12 posts a week on average that are all insider notes related. Team notes, recruiting notes, what have you. I'm there with the video. I'm there with the columns and the front page content that gets the people riled up, gets people going. We're, hey, we're growing as a staff. Uh, we're going to be able to announce some really cool additions here in the next couple of months. We're all getting set up because while spring football is winding down, recruiting season is heating up, and we're so excited yeah. to get into it and get ready to go back to camps. The open final in July is going to be a really big deal, be a lot of fun. And then before you know it, it's going to be Big 12 Media Days, and you're going to want to know what – the hell is going on with Bill Beatonbow's offensive line, and we're gonna have the scoop for you. Again, yeah. subscribe, rate, review this podcast, give five stars this five star podcast. That's my man Brandon Jump. I'm RJ Young. We out of here. Thanks. All right, buddy. Uh,